knows nothing can understand nothing. Plunge deeper into the darkness and your heart will grow even stronger. Good tidings, everybody, and welcome to the Answer Report Podcast. This is episode 106. I'm Mike, and with me, as always, a constant in the Kingdom Hearts community, a monolith, a giant, a legend, Jason. Hi, Jason. How you doing? Hello. That's me. That's how a legend speaks. How's it going? It's it's going good, dude. Uh, it's kind of kind of weird. We almost recorded late last night, and that would have been a huge mistake. Yeah, big Kingdom Hearts news yeah. dropped. But before we get to that, there's something we need to announce. Jason and I at the uh, peer from the peer pressure of our friend Preferred Whale Six. Oh, check her out on Twitch and YouTube. She pushed us to apply for the March Caprice Kingdom Hearts event. And we have been accepted. We were accepted into this event. It'll be March 27th. We don't have times yet for when we'll uh, be doing it, but we will be doing a tier list. Oh, yeah. Uh, People have asked us to bring a tier list back, and we thought, why not do it at an event where no one knows who we are? So uh, we'll have more info on when the times, but uh, March 27th on your calendar. Hope you all be there to support us. And also... We're going to be hanging out all day in that event because it seems like a really cool thing. And there's going to be lots of different content creators doing cool things. So uh, please look forward to that. There's not much else I have to say about it right now other than thank you, March Caprice, for not blacklisting us and our degenerate behavior. They're going to regret this. They're going to regret it for sure. <laughs> not because we like want them to. It's just, that's just something's going to happen where they regret it. Mostly our degenerate chat. Speaking of things people regret. uh we have to address somebody in the community. A friend of yeah, ours. Who's I know. Maybe, I know. He's maybe lost it a little bit. I know. We're going to play a short video from him. Okay. Very short video. And if you're uh, on the audio podcast, you'll just hear the audio. But you only really need the audio. Yeah, yeah you'll get the degeneracy. Right. I love Joshua. I love his face. I love his voice. Hello, Nebu. Ah, everything about Joshua is angelic. I don't care that the longest-running podcast for Kingdom Hearts hates them. I don't care that they even love Zayboy, because that just shows what their character is all about. Honestly, who could even love Zigbar but hate Joshua? They're practically the same character. Honestly, if someone says that they love one of these characters but hates the other, I think that's kind of stupid. And they should be cancelled or something on Twitter. I do? No? <laughs> Let's look at some of the characteristics, though, of one of the best Kingdom Hearts characters. One, he protects his friends. Two, he's always honest with his friends. Three, he is patient and considerate of other people's feelings. Just that alone is enough to prove that Joshua is the best character and you should love him. You hear me, Anson Report Podcast? You should love Joshua. Oh my god. I've never seen the thing at the end. So, he added this thing at the end. He showed us this video before. And it says... He DM'd it to us, dude. It was a fucking... it It was a fucking calling card dude basically <laughs> and at the end at the end of the video it says let's show these sp- super spaghetti hoes we mean business use the hashtag hashtag Ansem report podcast to say something nice about them we'll kill them with kindness <sighs> okay a couple things here mr bio Roxas, if that's really your real name yeah bio Joshua is more like it. Yeah, might as well fucking change it. I will say this uh comes off as a like stan ass Twitter thread where he's just like, "Oh, Joshua's so great. Here's all the reasons I love Joshua." And you know what? Uh uh I almost called you Joshua because it's yeah, such a Bio Joshua. Bio Joshua. It's such a it, it, it's such a clear vision of what you really mean and it's that you are attracted to joshua 
sexually. He's a fictional character, Bioroxis. He doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. I just hope your wife doesn't see that video. Yeah. Because it would break her heart. The The thumbnail for the video is Joshua looking very sensual. Yeah, very sexualized. So, uh, Bioroxis is a, de- a degenerate. A degenerate. That's the only way I can put it. He's a degenerate. <laughs> a sexual deviant. A sexual deviant. And so I, what I need you guys to do is go on Twitter <laughs> no. and hashtag BioJoshua. 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 And say something nice about BioRoxus. So we can hopefully pull him out of this sexual degeneracy. Yeah. Degeneracy. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to. It's going too far. He needs to know that people love him or at least pretend to love him so he can stop pining for a fictional character yeah yeah he's got to know there's real people also make sure you go like his videos and subscribe but not the joshua one. not the joshua one okay maybe the joshua you can do one. whatever video you want <laughs> but uh set, send bio Roxas love so we can hopefully save him yeah from this this nonsense yeah but fuck that guy <laughs> i'm gonna go make a twitter account to harass him with kindness <laughs> This is uh this next thing is pretty sad to me actually. Yeah. I'm a little I'm a little Oh my god. Let, let's play the song. Brand new phone game. Mr. Nomura. Download blue stacks and grind on your computer. Make some new friends. They all have big keys. They'll all be dead by the time we reach chapter three. Dark road, take me home to the place where I belong. Scarlet Coyote, Zeno Mama, take me home. Dark road. Oh my god. So Dark Road and Union Cross are coming to an end. Now we knew Union Cross was coming to an end soon. Nomir had said he wrote the last scenario, blah blah blah. What we didn't realize that Dark Road was barely going to last a year. Right. Not, that not, when, when did Dark Road come out? Was it June? I thought it was in like November. I don't know. Hold on. I, I, need I, like I remember... Maybe it was like an so. update. It was in like October or November. Dark Road release. It was originally supposed to be in the spring and then COVID happened. Right. Okay, just give me Union Cross's release date. That's not... June. I was right. June, June. 22nd, 2020. So it's not even going to make it a year. Because it is shutting down. Uh, it will switch to offline mode on May 30th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Oh, it is making it a year. No. May to June? It's short a month. What? No, it comes back. Right, it's coming back as like a story thing that you can just play, but there's no online components anymore. Oh, so you don't even play it. The game, you can. Oh. Uh, We'll read through it, but the game as intended didn't even last a year. Wow. Is my point. Let me read uh, the official statement from Square Enix before we move any further here, and then we'll talk about it. Hello, Keyblade wielders. Thank you for playing Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road. We have an important announcement regarding the future of this title. The Kingdom Hearts Union Cross story will conclude this April. Following this, Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road will end service on May 30th, 2021 at 6 p.m. An offline version of this app will be made available so players can enjoy the entire story. Kingdom Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road will be playable offline, and Kingdom Hearts Union Cross will be available as a theater mode. It is with a heavy heart we made this announcement, and we sincerely apologize for the news. The entire Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road team is deeply grateful for all the support and enthusiasm players have shared throughout the years, and look forward to what the future holds. Okay. So, you can no longer buy jewels. Starting now. Jewels are done. Mm. In the game. You can get them through quests and then once may 30th hits you have to use them all and then they're gone if you don't use them all right right so jewels are just done okay like the online component will yes. be gone so here, here here's the next part 
Following the end of service, the online version of Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark World will receive an update and become the offline version of the app. This version will be available for free to download and install. And here is the functionality of Union Cross and Dark Road. Here's Union Cross. Replay story in theater mode. Watch story from beginning to end. Customize player avatar. Most avatar parts will be available for use regardless of what was owned in the online version. Change Keyblade. All Keyblades will be available regardless of what was owned in the online version. Story quests, events, meta leveling, and enhancement, and other playable parts of the game will be no longer available. Hmm. The five mini games that are currently available, the online version will transfer to the offline version. There will be no rankings, so the classic Kingdom games. And you can view the records from the time of day to transfer with the version update. At this point, Dark Road will be unplayable with version 4.40. And you'll have to wait till September for the 5.0 update. Uh, the 5.0 update, Union Cross stays the same. But what happens to Dark Road is enjoy the story in battles and main quest. Replay the story in theater mode. Story will be unlocked up to the ending. Earn BP and materials in world battles. Level up and equip accessories and stats. View the enemies you defeated and cards you own an enemy album card album. Buy items with BP in the shop. Craft accessories with the materials you collected in crafting. All cards can be purchased with BP in the shop. Missions, events, PVE, deals, and the present box will no longer be available following the end of service. In accordance with the closure of deals, shop points will no longer be available. It is recommended to use all shop points by the end of service. So you'll be able to just buy every medal with just BP. Yes. Every or every card. card, yeah. Card, yes, 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 yes. And then you must transfer your data. And it's just a save user data button on the front of the screen. Uh, the data will be saved in the player's device, and uninstalling the app or deleting the data will result in not being able to transfer, so please proceed with caution. Th we thank you, our players, again for your support and enthusiasm. A short time remains before the end of service at May 30th, 2021, but we would love to see everyone continue to enjoy Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road. Until then, may your heart be your guiding key. Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road Management Team. Wow. Yeah. And before we, before we talk about this more, <clears throat> we have a letter from uh, Mr. Nomura himself. Mr. Nomura. 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 To our Kingdom Hearts fans, firstly, I'd like to thank you all very much for taking this journey with us over five years. As previously announced, the final chapter of Kingdom Hearts Union Cross has been written, and the story will be coming to a close. The story for Dark Road will continue for a bit longer and can also be enjoyed in the offline version of the app, so you can enjoy that story at your own pace as well. For me personally, I remember getting excited the first time I saw the game playing smoothly on a smartphone screen in 2D when Unchained Key was first made into an app. That was six, seven years ago now, but the series has continued to evolve over, over multiple versions, beginning with the browser version, Key, which became the mobile version Unchained Key, which in turn became Union Cross, leading to the start of Dark Road. There are only a few months left, but I would be happy if you stayed with us till the end. I'd also love to see those who have yet to experience the game journey with us up to its conclusion. The excitement and intensity of their main chapters is really going to ramp up, and I think you'll all enjoy what we have planned. I'm looking forward to the not-so-far-off day when I can meet you all again. You have our heartfelt gratitude for being a part of the Kingdom Hearts series. Thank you all very much. Director of the Kingdom Hearts series, Tetsuya Nomura. A lot to unpack there, Jason. Yeah. Lots to unpack. A lot. So basically the idea is you will be able to watch Kingdom Hearts Union cross the story in a theater mode. There will be no playable aspect to that. So it'll be just like having 358 or recoded on like the collections that we have right now. Yeah. Dark Road will be playable, but there won't be any events. There won't be any online components. You won't be able to buy things with jewels or, or any real money. It will just be earning BP to buy all cards. Yeah. And, and they said there's no events. So it's literally just like uh the four star or of uh, the different worlds right, or whatever. Right, right. They may, and they might add more of that before the end. Maybe. You know? Yeah. Um, what, what's a little unclear is, is the story of dark road done in May and then the offline mode just shows up in September or are we getting up to a certain point in May and then it comes and back then the rest September. of the story comes in September. That's what it seems like to me. Otherwise, why would you, finish the story and then bring it back you know what i mean like why well, i would think you they probably to... have to change some things about the game in order to make it playable offline so mm. i think that's why they're giving themselves that time from may to september i think it's probably the story ends in may and then there's a few there's like a week before it goes offline and then it comes back in september as a single player thing an offline mode thing that's mm. what i would think but i don't know it's tough to say um I, for one, although, uh, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say, I don't see them finishing the story in like two months. There's no way. Well, the only reason I think that is because they, they've said Union Cross is finishing in April. Right. Either the Dark Road story is like three chapters. You know what it I mean? Be. Either it's three chapters, maybe four, or what they're doing is taking that time to just flush out like the animation for the story. Maybe. And because they don't really have to do any type of balancing or any type of right. like at this point, any type of player progression, the, meta of the game doesn't matter. Yeah. That they can just animate the stuff and then it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe like you don't right. have to animate new moves, like nothing like that. I guess that would be pretty cool if we're sitting there going, okay, it's may see a dark road in September. And then that's when the, like, the story is there, right? And yeah. it's like, hey, there's more story. This is the end of the game. Because then we're playing through it real quick to like, you know, we're rushing to get through it so we can see what happens. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is sad, dude. Like, I, I know we've been critical on these games because they are not great experiences overall. No. They're definitely gotcha games that um, and any, any gotcha game can kind of. We're definitely predatory at the beginning of their life cycles. Yeah. Union Cross <laughs> got better. Dark Road never did. But there's still, I mean, any gotcha game inherently is predatory. Like, right. It just yeah. Is. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what it's designed off the human need to like get cool things and get that serotonin and go, oh, I got a thing. Right. I should, I should put, give them money so I can get more things. You know what exactly, I mean? Exactly. Yeah. So that sucks. But I, I do think it's going to be weird. For us and for anybody to just not have, like, at least they were, like, drip feeding us some kind of Kingdom Hearts story or news or content, right? Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah, it gone. pretty much. Yeah, it's going to be. It gone. So In, in, in two months, it'll be done. Right. And so that's kind of sad. Uh, the Dark Road uh, segment has been a huge part of the podcast for since its inception in yeah. June of last year. And... Uh, that's sad, you boo, know. Boo. Like we're we're. <laughs> I don't feel so good, Mister Spike Eddie Bros. <laughs> like <laughs> boo, boo, no. <laughs> I know. <laughs> good night, sweet prince. I didn't boo, know boo. what I had. I didn't right. know what I, I had. Say, it's one thing for us to like send off a segment like the the Union Cross five minutes, like, we don't want to do this anymore. What, when, they, when they do a toss, it's like, wait, what? what? No. What do you mean we can't do this anymore? So, um, we're gonna, we're gonna, I don't know. I, I, if, as far as the podcast is concerned, I don't know what we're going to do with that. I think we'll probably have a nice send off for Union Cross in April. We'll probably have a nice send off for Dark Road in May. And then maybe we'll revisit Dark Road a little bit in September. But maybe, maybe we, we yeah we'll have like a nice like send off episode. Maybe we could get like demo on. Yeah. Maybe even. Maybe we can do one last Union Cross five minutes. Jason. Jason <laughs> tries to explain all of Union Cross's story. Oh it's yeah, out dude. Yeah. In five minutes. No, I. I <laughs> maybe maybe what we do is we invite demo on, right? Okay. And then we're like, okay, so this is our last Union Cross five minutes. Demo, please explain the whole story in five minutes. But like, we don't tell him. Well, he's gonna listen to this. Yeah, no, but he no, he won't listen. Demo <laughs> listens to the podcast. <laughs> no, but he won't hear this. He'll forget. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, we'll steal. We'll steal his memory. He'll be so yeah, yeah. I'll get. I know a memory which okay. she'll hook it up. But by then he'll he'll forget, dude. Yeah. But may, yeah, maybe we'll I'm have talking to, like two months out, dude. That's like a whole year. Yeah. We'll have to do some sort of send off <laughs> for these games. It's sad that we're not going to because, OK. You know, with them announcing, hey, there's not going to be a lot of big Kingdom Hearts announcements in 2021. Right. Remember, they said that. Yeah. Yeah. And people, for whatever reason, I don't know if they feel like we struggle for content or what, but a lot of people have said to us, well, at least you still got Union Cross and Dark Road. Yeah. Now we now we're now we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now we don't. So now we don't. Uh, we this don't. is this is going to test our metal as podcast creators. Mm. Uh, but I think we got some interesting things uh, lined up in the pipeline that we're planning and stuff. So I think we'll be okay. But it's just sad that. Uh, and I know a lot of people really like the Union Cross story, and yeah. it still exists, right? Mm -hmm. But it sucks that they're not going to get like. There's people in our Discord that 
literally only like Union Cross and Kingdom Hearts anymore. Right. Yeah. And they're just yeah. not going to get that anymore. And that's sad. And I wonder what those people are going to do. Are they going to go fuck Kingdom Hearts or are they going to hope that because Union Cross probably has something to do with the future of Kingdom Hearts, are they going to hope that those stories intertwine at that point? And yeah, because they have to, right? Dark Road, I don't think necessarily has to. No, but no. Union Cross at some point, we have to figure out what's going on. And I, I, I'm not super confident that all these questions we have are going to be answered with oh, the end of Union uh, yeah, Cross. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so Dark at Road. all. I, I was in Demos chat last night. He was streaming right when it came out, and. Uh, Wildcat Diana was in there. Shoutouts to Wildcat Diana. Shoutouts. And she was like, maybe we'll finally find out what happened to Scold. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. we're not going to find out what happens to Scold, Diana. You know it. Yeah. She's like, no, but can we pretend? So then I was like, all right, all right, all right. Oh my God, we're going to find out what happens to Scold. <laughs> and then Damo saw it and he's like, yeah, maybe. And then she was just fucking laughing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I just, well, I hope so. I, I hope that it's not okay. So like there's like a mixed, there's mixed feelings about it. Right. Because I know I didn't really have like a huge, like attachment to it. I've always thought it was cool. And like, I have those memories of like finding out that these games even existed and, right, and, right, and right the expansiveness of uh, of what it means to the kingdom hearts franchise in general right but like being in the chat and like just hearing how demo and endo and diana and all these other people are are talking about this this series i just feel like i just feel bad right yeah no because no. it's it, it, it's something and and like clearly like this has been a huge part of of like especially like demos like for like years right and so it's one of those things where it's like that's not it's just not there anymore yeah and, that, and that's that's weird right because we can always go play kingdom hearts 2 whenever the hell we want mm -hmm. whereas it's not going to be the same at all no like imagine okay yeah you can play through kingdom hearts 2 but you can only do like the boss battles right like oh, the, that'd be kind of tight no, no, that's a completely <laughs> different game. Yeah, no, no, I know. Like, I get what you're saying. You only do the boss battles like you and like you just have set things that you can do. I think I think you're compared to Dark Road, but I think in Union Cross's case, it's even more tragic because that would be like, hey, imagine you can't play Kingdom Hearts 2. You can only watch the cutscenes. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's bad. Right. That <laughs> sucks. I, I don't I don't want that. And not that Union Cross's, in my opinion, Union Cross's gameplay was that engaging of a right. of a game. Yeah, but yeah. It's still, you know, still something people loved. And that speaks a, a lot to like, like video game preservation too. Like, uh, you know, this all these mobile games and these these online only things are so new still. In the long scheme of things, it's like, how do you preserve something like that? Yeah. For generations to come, and for Union Cross, the answer is you don't. Right. Well. And, and if you didn't play it, you didn't get to experience what that game is as yeah. a game. You just get to see a movie. Well, one like kind of phenomenon that's been happening recently is like uh, vanilla servers. Oh, yeah. I guarantee there's going to be some people that try to preserve it. <clears throat> yeah. Through illegal means. Um, yeah. And, and that, you know, I I said illegal, but like. If if in my opinion, if the company is not providing a way to do right. that, then I think it's fine. Like, like for example, like uh, back before Blizzard had it, there was uh, like World of Warcraft, like vanilla servers right. that you could go that were like not legit servers. But I mean, it was it wasn't any different than playing on the actual server. So, right. uh, and and there's other games that have done that as well. Um, where, hey, if you wanted to play the game like how it was right when it came out, before all this new stuff, or pretty much go through the whole series, because what what would happen in a lot of them is like, hey, you start from the beginning, and then every like m like season or month or whatever, the next DLC would drop. Right. So then you could kind of go through, like relive all of the different series, like expansions coming out. So Hopefully, I don't know. Maybe something like that might happen. Maybe, maybe something like that. Uh, and like, my thought was also like, it'd be hard for them to do Union Cross as an offline game mm -hmm. for a number of different reasons. I, I, 
part of me is like, why are they? Uh, what makes Dark Road more engaging as a game that they're keeping it? But I'm also like, I'm glad they're doing it because that game's now preserved, at least in a somewhat close to the form it was when it was running. Right? Yeah. You actually get to play yeah. the game how it's designed. But yeah, man, it just, I think I think overall this is just sad. I wonder what they were expecting of Dark Road that it didn't hit. Maybe just player base in general. I think it was doomed from the moment they decided, hey, this is going to be in Union Cross. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, to me... Then you just, like, limit the whole game, I feel like. Right, right. Because peop- uh, people that don't know are just like, oh, I uh, there's no new game. There's just Union Cross, right? Where if you say, hey, Kingdom Hearts Dark Road, it's its own app kind of thing, that would have at least someone went, oh, a new Kingdom Hearts game that didn't know about it, right? Right. Or they just see Union Cross, like, oh, yeah, I played Union Cross. I know that one. And I'm not, I don't know that that many more people would have played it, but I think it did kind of cut it, cut it off at the knees. You know what I mean? A little bit. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, when I, if I were to have heard, like if I was in like doing this podcast and like paying attention to that stuff, like if I hear Kingdom Hearts, Union Cross, Dark Road, I'm like, oh, an expansion. Exactly. Which it was, but it wasn't like it had different gameplay. Yeah. Know? And so that. I think that was and it had an opportunity to be different as well. I get that's why I, I get why they put it in the app because it's like it was probably easier for them to just push updates and they use the same yeah. style and they don't yeah. have to, you know, but and it was meant to be like a side thing anyway. I think they really if they were expecting it to be some sort of like monetary success, they really hampered it by doing it that way. Yeah, but I don't know that it would have been anyway. I they, they needed they had some balancing issues and there's some things in that game that just don't work. You know, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where it makes you really question, like, the amount of testing. And what's hard is that because it's a game, like, as a service, like, the amount of testing you can do, like, you need to get this expansion out. You know what right. I mean? Right. Um, but I think even having one person play through it and be like, hey, this is what my experience was before releasing it, like, I don't know. Well, and I guess I guess we'll never know what the impact of COVID was on it all, right? That too, yeah. Um, you know, COVID has made everything very tough in every industry. We'll never know that alternate timeline where Dark Road released in March or April or whatever of last year, like it was supposed to, mm-hmm. and what would happen there. And they have more than two animators, and they, you know what I mean? Like we, yeah, we we don't know what they couldn't that, pay for the two animators anymore. They I, had to end the game. You know, we we <laughs> joke about that, but I think it's very possible that they literally couldn't find anybody. Maybe like they just couldn't find in Japan. They couldn't find another animator to work on it. Like I just think that's a very, especially during COVID. I just think that's very possible. Maybe um, or they couldn't spare it from another one of their studios, or they couldn't, you know, and or the Square Enix didn't want to. Yeah, like they just said, "Hey, this is the budget you have. This is what you can do. Make us, make us got your money." You know, I don't know. I don't Maybe, know. yeah. It's tough to say, but uh, rest, uh, uh, rest in peace. Not yet. Dark Road and Union Cross. We will, uh, we'll, we'll have a nice big uh, New Orleans style funeral party for <laughs> for Union Cross. We will get the trumpets out. We'll play when the Saints go marching in, dude. <sighs> yeah, dude. and I'm excited to see, you know, the fact that Nomura said the story's really going to ramp up. Uh, I'm excited to see what that means and if he's right or wrong about that. If he's telling the truth. If he's, I mean, I don't think he'd he'd lie, but maybe he thinks what's exciting isn't exciting to us. I don't know. You're gonna see the end of the Wreck-It Ralph world. Well, they did that. That was the update last night. Is they finally ended Wreck-It Ralph, which means we're probably you not- didn't like leave it though. So it's like weird. Well, I'm guessing we're probably not getting another Disney World. It's probably just gonna be from now on stuff yeah. involving the the Union Cross peeps. So um, yeah. it was like the end of the movie, but like you you don't you're the player doesn't leave yet. Well, I'm wondering if there's something to do with Game Central Station, like people have been talking about for a long time. Yeah possibly connecting to the fact that they are probably in a data version of their lives and all that. So anyway, we're not, we're not here to theorize union cross yet soon. Dark road union cross. We salute you, Jason. We're going to take a short break, a short somber break. When we come back, it's time for the question of the week. Oh shit. You know it, you know it. And, uh, it's a pretty saucy one. Actually, I mean, saucy wasn't the right word. It's a hype one, but it wasn't saucy. (laughs) Anyway, we'll be right back. (laughs) 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Ansem Report podcast. Jason, hello. Hi. Are you sad? A little bit. Jason's got a tear, just one singular tear running down his it face. It just refuses to go all the way down, though. Yeah, it stopped like it right at like the sits. bottom of his cheek. Yeah. Just light right below his lip. Yeah. And it's just there. Just sitting there. But I don't have the strength to wipe it. And he's too far away. I can't wipe it. He's too far away yeah, from me. Yeah. I can't wipe it. Couldn't, couldn't happen. So that it's just going to sit there. It's just going to sit there for the, the segment. It the kinda, question of the week. Kind of itches. Yeah, it's, sorry, dude. You can't touch it. You don't, you don't have the strength. <laughs> I do have the strength. Anyway, this week's question of the week is from me. And it says, what is your favorite boss in all of Kingdom Hearts and why? <laughs> why did you read it like you were like... The, the kid who hates to get called out and read aloud in fucking uh, first grade. Because I, I said, what funny? And I just went with it. What is your favorite? The first answer is from Jip214, Dicko mode. And he <laughs> says, hands down, Riku2 and KH1. Best oh, Kingdom yeah. Hearts boss, dude. That's, good. That's a good one. Original Kingdom Hearts. Best boss. Alex Assemble alternatively says, you already know, Smile. Your boy Zemnis and KH2. Top tier music, epic as fuck. Okay. Anger and hate are supreme. I yeah, don't know, just yeah, making yeah, sure yeah. you guys know I like Zemnis. Best fucking final boss fight in any video game. I guess the answer in KH1 is pretty good too. Very intense fights, especially with the atmosphere and the game sets those during those fights. Thank you, Alex. Charlo Bun says, Guard Armor. I have so many memories of my young self struggling against it. It's my favorite purely for nostalgia. Dude, guard armor is pretty good, dude. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm anti anything Kingdom Hearts 1 right now. <laughs> Mike hates Kingdom Hearts 1 right now. Yeah. We're doing the. We just got the platinum for Kingdom Hearts 1, and we had to do some dastardly shit to get it. It was funny. We had to sell our souls. On stream, I was, I was speedrunning KH3 on stream last night, and I talked about how, like, it's weird to go back to that after playing KH1, mm. which I PB'd, by the way. First time running it in like two weeks, oh, and I PB'd. Oh, yeah. Um, but OJ said, regular Pat on the podcast win. And I was like, you know, I would love to have regular Pat on, but I think I need some time to get away from Kingdom Hearts 1. So when he says all the nice things about Kingdom Hearts 1, I'm not like, yeah, right, dude. What the fuck? I'm not just rolling my I, eyes. I'm just turning into a fucking gremlin <laughs> while, while talking about Kingdom Hearts 1. So it's like I, a triggered transformation. Yeah, I was like, I need a minute. <laughs> I need a minute. Uh, Phil Games says, I might actually have to say Yozora. Mm. He's frustrating at first, but once you learn his patterns, it really feels like it's your fault when you get hit for the most part. Just an all-around yeah. well-designed boss. Granted, I did have to look at a few guides to find where some of his openings are, but even so, beating him was one of the most satisfying things I've ever done in a video game. At least not since I was a kid and was just really bad at games, so beating anything felt like an achievement. True. True. You were bad You were bad at games as a kid, Phil. Gotcha. Yeah, I was there. I wasn't. You sucked. But your mom made some good cookies, dude. Ooh, okay. All right. <laughs> I didn't expect it to go there. Uh, Kyrie's bro says, I'm going to give you my top two. It's Dark Riku in KH1 and Hooded Roxas in KH2. Why? Those fights are hard as fuck, and when I first played them, I got stuck. And when you finally beat it, you feel so good. Also, that live stream you boys did with Terra beating KH2 Roxas boss was a true gamer moment. Yep. Classic sad boy yep, hours. Yep, yep, yep. That, that was, was probably Terra's most gamer moment. That was a gamer moment. It's funny. And that set her up to just, like, clap every other right. boss. Right. She had no trouble with everybody else. Yeah. What's funny is I've never made the, like, correlation between Riku 2 and KH1 and Hooded Roxas and KH2, but they're actually very similar fights. Yeah. For the like, oh, it's hard, and it's a good guy you're fighting, and it's yeah. cool. And yeah, and they're OP as fuck. Right. 
Right. Very cool. Thank you, Taiwan. Very cool. Zombie Man 42 says, Roxas KH2 final mix, because it's very unexpected and an overall difficult battle. Thank you, Zombie Man. Very measured. Hell yeah, dude. I, I like that answer. Yet Roxel says, Young Zay in Dream Drop Distance in KH3. He was the first data boss I beat in KH3 out of two. Kind of lame sauce, I know. And he was the last boss I beat <laughs> in the nightmare of a game that is DDD. Yeroxel. Dude, I'm gonna need you. I'm gonna need you to beat at least three of those data fights, dude. You know, around here, we gatekeep, but only because we hate young Xehanort, dude. He's the worst fucking one. You're really gonna sit here and tell me he's your favorite when he's the worst answer. Hey, dude, no gatekeeping, okay? Unless they say they like Young Xehanort, then you can or, keep Or Joshua. Or Joshua. Imagine making a video about Joshua. That couldn't be me. Original Dreamer 06 says, Young Zay in any game, including the mysterious figure in BBS and most bosses in KH3 because they're way too easy and except the organization members in Recom, except Ve Vexen. Wait, I, re I read that wrong. Yeah, I was like, what? Young Xehanort in any game, including the mysterious figure in BBS and most bosses in KH3 because they're way too easy and the organization members in Recom except Vexen, that man should never be a boss again. Yeah, fuck that one, dude. That one literally stopped our playthrough. We had to go figure out what to do. We had to go farm lethal, lethal fucking frame. frame. Lethal frame. Lethal frame. Lethal frame. Lethal frame. Lethal frame. Lethal frame. And then... We finally fucking beat him, and then every other boss easily after that. Huge if true, CloudStrife77 says. <laughs> it's been a while, so hello. Can't answer with just one, so I'll name my top three. Data's end this from Cage 3 as the music mm. is too good, along with the visuals in the fight. Plus, I love learning to fight due to how floaty that fight is. <laughs> Roxas from 2 Final Mix was very unexpected for me since I'd played the original Cage 2, and the struggle to learn that fight was painful, but well worth it. Okay. As as now it's cake. Plus the story adds after watching 358 over two days. Lastly, it's Yozora. Because even though it, that took me three nights to learn that fight, I never got frustrated. Every time I died, it was like, eh, deserved. Because I simply refused to use links. I enjoyed learning every block and opening. I'll never forget on the third night, I got home from work and did that fight first try. No boss has felt as fulfilling as Yozora. I don't know why you gotta lie about not getting frustrated, dude, but... <laughs> It is a good boss. Dude, he was untiltable. <laughs> it's a good boss. Huge if true, Cloud Strike. You don't gotta lie and act like you weren't like when 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 he did the oh, you weren't like Billion <laughs> Kid Lawrence says Couldn't the last couldn't answer the last question because I was in the hospital. But I'm oh. okay, smile. Well that's good. That's I'm glad I hope you're doing alright, man. As for this one, my favorite cage boss of all time is most definitely the Wind Titan in Cage 3. It was such a nice surprise that he got his own boss fight. Just pure Disney magic. Please stop hitting me. I don't have appendages. He looks so sad that, when that, he that's beat a, his ass. I believe that is a quote from me. I want more <laughs> surprises like that in future games and more Disney bosses overall. Other favorites are Ursula, not the giant one, in Cage 1, the MCP slash Sark in Cage 2, and Davy Jones in Cage 3. Come on, Nomura. Let me fight the Hercules Cyclops next. I do remember, like, in KH1 and 2 being like, man, I wish I let us fight the Magma and the Wind Titan. Yeah. And then they were like, here you go. And now I hate the Wind Titan. Mm. For speedrunning purposes, I hate the Wind Titan. <laughs> if you don't get Blaster Blaze, that is like two minutes longer of a fight. Yeah, sucks. it's RNG. It sucks. You suck, Wind Titan. I don't care that you're sad when I hit you anymore. Like, Stop hitting me. I don't have appendages. Fabio the Iguana says, I think I'm going to have to name two of them as well. First one is definitely Riku Ansem from KH1 and the infamous You're never taking Kyrie's heart scene. Okay, yeah. Yep, I was yep, yep. one of the unfortunate souls who got stuck reliving those cutscenes over and over again, but the boss design was so fun and interesting that a, even a young Fabio like myself that I couldn't and interesting even to a young Fabio like myself that I couldn't stop trying until I finally beat it. My first real taste of a gamer moment. Now when I go back I cheese the fuck out of that fight even on critical. Interesting enough, my other favorite boss is Data Ansem from KH3. In the same way that the Riku fight from KH1 opened my eyes to the true gameplay potential of a KH game, Data Ansem was the very first Data fight I beat when I was beating Remind for the first time, and it let me know that Remind was not fucking around. True. It also showed me immediately true. how much work and passion went into the fights, from the incredible gameplay design to the rearranged music that wasn't just a one-to-one -one recreation. No, yeah. Beating him was so satisfying. 
Kind of cool that the ones that stuck with me most of the first time you technically meet be Ansem and the last time you meet, you beat him. True. I love that Ansem fight. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys remember, but the first time we did data fights, I beat him first try. Yeah. While I went to the bathroom. While Jason shit. Yeah. SP Cat says, my favorite boss in all of Cage is most likely going to be Yozora. Like Phil Games said earlier, it just feels really fair, and I never once got mad at the fight. Every death felt like it was my fault and continued to push me to keep learning him. Plus, I loved the music, so hearing it a lot made me appreciate the story it told. Granted, it only took me two days to beat him. I say only two days, but probably that's probably a very long time. But it was very satisfied and went on crit. Plus, it got the Zigbar channel point redemption on Twitch, so I'm honored for that. Honorable mention is always going to be Sephiroth and KH2 because I've always enjoyed that fight. Cage Hell yeah, Sephiroth dude. is good. I'm honestly kind of surprised that I haven't been an answer yet. KH2 Sephiroth is in the same way Yozora like, seems fair you know, all the time. Yeah. KH2 Sephiroth's that way too. KH1 Sephiroth's not that way. No. He's kind of an ass. Yeah. Um, And Lingering Will's definitely an ass. Yeah. yeah. But like, Seph, to me, the if we're not like talking, if we're talking to super bosses, KH2 Sephiroth and, and uh, Yozora are like the like difficult the best design the yeah. best designed uh from a gameplay perspective chip cooper says please note that i'm a lore hound and i'm into kingdom hearts for the story more than the gameplay i play on proud and don't even touch critical so i don't know much about the intricacies of what makes a boss good i just go by whatever i'm having whenever i'm having fun or not lol the most fun i've Fair had fighting a boss is probably data shion in kh3 shion is one of my favorite characters in the series so having her fly around beating the shit out of me while screaming like a feral child had me smiling the entire time I fought her. <laughs> the fight was difficult enough to force you to really pay attention, but not frustrating, and I managed to beat her in like four tries. Also, that version of Vector the Heavens is one of the best tracks in the series. True. Man, you guys popped a off this fight. A juiced fight. Energy Scott says, Firstly, great KH1 stream the other night. I rewatched it, and you did get to the Riku fight and smash it. Forgiven. <laughs> Which leads me to the ans- to answer the question. Like a lot of answers here, I love that Riku fight and the cutscene beforehand, and like many, learned it word for word simply through dying so many times. I've just realized that all my answers have been from KH1. I have not played two enough. Starting a new game now. Looks like my summer vacation is over. <laughs> Thank you, Energy Scott. Uh, for context, on stream, Energy Scott said, Good luck on the Dark Riku fight. And I said, Yeah, we're not getting there tonight. And then we did. And yeah, I beat him. So. Yeah. Second try. Take that, Dark Riku. Almost first try. Almost first try. I. I yeah. The camera griefed me, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, like a bar. Yeah, you got a little flustered, and then the camera griefed you. The, the one, I wish the arena was just slightly bigger. Like, part of the reason it's a cool fight is because the arena's not very big, but it just needs to be slightly bigger so the camera doesn't grief you. Yeah. And then it'd be great. And then you could, like, make his, like, big attack a little bigger to compensate yeah, yeah, for Yeah, 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 yeah. Wildcat Diana says, My favorite boss now has to be Yozora for the experience it was defeating him. His fight is very good design-wise. It's a pattern of moves you have to learn and develop tricks for. He can cancel Ariel, making use of that summon a fair fight. They knew people. They knew she was our cheese. <laughs> and the music is amazing. After the feed of organization members that I thought I would never achieve, it was so much fun to go after work trying to fight for a couple hours to de-stress. Then I managed to get the DM. Then I managed to get to four bars. Then one day... I have one ether left, and the MP bar is still a bit pink, so I can't heal or summon, and the bastard is trying to blue laser me. I have rage form as a possibility, and I do it. Somehow he passes to the attack where you can block the sword, and I manage. I start beating him. I look over to the right, and there's half a bar left. I keep beating and keep beating, and then the um, I messed up happens, and I jump from my couch, and my hand covering my mouth, trying not to scream, get my phone, and take a selfie to put on Discord. So great. <laughs> I think I think the noise with the klim she was trying to make the cling yeah but it yeah, was like yeah, a cli- yeah. I read it as klim <laughs> klim the baby klim there it is klim yeah that's yeah. what she wanted <laughs> I made it sound weirder than it needed to be uh, <laughs> thank you Diana the box in quarantine says dude I remember the selfie dude it was it was poggers it was a it was a juice selfie it was poggers the best boss fight for me has to be Roxas in KH2 Final Mix for all the obvious reasons, including the fact that it's very hard to fight him with all these damn tears in my eyes. <laughs> but at the same time, I don't think it's fair to me to count him as my fave because I never experienced this fight during my original playthroughs of KH2 when I was a child. No Final Mix for me back in those days. So despite being the boss I enjoyed the most in my last playthrough some years ago, I don't have the same fond memories for him that I have for, let's say, Ansem Guardian in KH1. Most of the old boys in KH2 are heck, even Final Marluxia in the original GBA version of Com. All things considered, I think my absolute fave is Xemnas at the end of KH2. 
It's such a massive, epic set piece made up of so many different elements, many different forms and styles, and it leads to what is easily the most satisfying ending the series has ever given us. So, a toast to Zemnis and Cage 2. Hell yes, now, dude. The dome is, like, yeah. undefeated. The dome. The dome is undefeated. The dome is so good. And now, a special mention for the boss that really has my heart, despite the fact it comes from a game I utterly despise and turned me away from the series for more than a decade. Symphony Master from Terror's Row and Birth by Sleep. <laughs> this motherfucker is fantastic. His design is dope, easily one of the best on, among the unversed. The setting of Cinderella's castle matches him perfectly while he's performing his own sick soundtrack while he fights you. The tumbling is my favorite piece of music from BBS, and I really hope we get to hear it again in the series in the future. Yeah. Mechanics-wise, I don't true. have a lot to say because it's your standard BBS broken combat, but my man the Symphony Master deserves to get his whole combat revamped into a data fight in which you face the entire orchestra and not just three to four instruments. Make it happen, Nomura. That would be cool. Wow. I Like an epic version, dude. I, like an epic 2020 version. It's 3.59 on Thursday, February 25th. And the box just said something nice about BBS. Yeah. Mark it down, ladies Mark and gentlemen. It down. Write it Mark down. it down. Write that down. Write that down. We finally broke her. <laughs> also, uh, box my condolences on the death of Union Cross. Uh, <laughs> my condolences. I don't know why I'm laughing. I'm just trying not to cry. Your boy Woody says, trying to pick my favorite boss is very difficult, but I think all picks are part of Remind. Although K2 Sephiroth is really good too. Yozora is an absolutely amazing and fun boss fight, so he's a strong candidate. But Data, Dark, Riku, Larxene, Terranort, and Zenith are awesome too. So let's go with all the Data bosses except for Luke Sword and Syax, which is a shame because all Syax fight is so much fun, but his DM is so shit. And Yozora. Yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. your boy Woody just is like, yes. I say, what's your favorite boss in Kingdom Hearts? He goes, yes. Except you. Except it, it's those ones where like, Thank you for being a cool, not you, boss fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Orpheus Joshua says, My favorite boss in the series and also my favorite boss of all time is Yozora. Aside from being such a splendidly designed fight with clear telegraphs and audio cues with several creative openings, the arena is by far the most unexpectedly gorgeous one in the series thus far, I'd argue. Such a drastic change in coloration and ambience feels like a purposeful clue on what to expect from the upcoming saga. The music is another fate. The music is another major factor as well, since it clearly harkens back to Somnus in some of its sections, and it feels oddly nostalgic. It's far from the typically expected boss theme, as it feels somber and melancholic instead of intense and unforgiving. The unknown, unknown nature of Yozora makes him even more threatening as well, in even a greater way than Lingering Will, in my opinion, since Lingering Will at least had a keyblade. But Yozora is so many more layers contrived, which just adds to the appeal of the fight. It's orgasmic. There are so many other boss fights I enjoy, not just for their mechanics, but for I'm their not, atmosphere. I'm not sure now. I was like, where is he going to add orgasmic? Like, I was only half listening because I was like, I got to hear if orgasmic is legit or not. <laughs> but I actually am not sure. Yeah, well, I'm not telling. Uh, <laughs> I enjoy many. There's so many other boss fights I enjoy, not just for the mechanics, but their atmosphere, music and other factors as well. Zemnis 1, Final Zemnis, Riku 2, Roxas, and Shion from 3582 are all perfect examples. While I don't necessarily enjoy fighting them as much as the data fights, their story relation and overall tone are similar to Azora in the sense that they eclipse most of what the series has to offer, in my opinion. Kingdom Hearts bosses are always S-tier with atmosphere. Thank you, OJ. Iron Daddy says, What's up, my boys? Doing good? Yeah, we're doing great, Iron Hell Daddy. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Nice, nice. Well, my favorite boss fight in the whole Kate series has to be the Kate Street fight when you go against Zemnis, Ansem, and Young Nort. Or as I like to call it, the two and a half men fight. It's a great <laughs> fight and very hard, especially on crit mode. Plus, after defeating each of them, you get an amazing clip of Ansem and Zemnis' final farewell. Ansem regretting his actions and, some, and, feel, and somewhat feeling like a father figure teacher for Riku Tsura, and Zemnis finally getting the heart feelings he wanted. And those feelings making him find a newfound respect for humans and you gotta love young nort just being a fucking dick lol true he is just kind of a dick it must take immense strength <laughs> venus says honestly it's kurt ziza somehow when i first played kh1 as a kid i beat him with mushu and it was pretty sweet I, just, I really just like his design how he pops up and scares the shit out of you and also having to switch between magic and physical attacks so yeah good boss and SB Cat adds, Kurt Ziza, please come on the podcast. We need it. Yes, Kurt. I know you're listening, dude. I know you're a big fan. Come please, on the podcast. Please. Dude. Um, bro. Also, like the fact that 
it's just like a, a random ass world. You go back to it to like look for some chests or like right. to grind some levels or something. And then all of a sudden, motherfucking Kurt Ziza is just there. He's just going to fucking right. kill you. And he more than likely wipes the floor with you because you don't understand what his deal is. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're like, what the fuck? I like that he's it's almost terrifying. I like his I like that his design is almost like taken from like a turn based RPG and then thrown into like an action RPG. Yeah. Like it's like, okay, you can't use magic right now because you have to defeat these orbs, but then now you can use magic and it does a lot of damage to him, but you have a certain amount you know what I mean? Like the yeah. the stipulations for his fight are really cool. Phantom has that too. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like it's like, oh, there's certain things you have to do to fight him, it's you can't just beat him up with your keyblade until he explodes into the money balls, you know? Yeah. I like that. Tyler Tyler Rims says, favorite bosses are probably the boss encounters in the Keyblade Graveyard and Cage 3 and Remind. Favorite super bosses are Shion and Master Xehanort. Shion's fun because it's all about block timing since she doesn't have a lot of unblockables. And Master Xehanort is just a fight that mostly includes canceling blocks with dashes and making sure to stay in range. First time I beat him, it took me about 11 minutes of that attempt. After I won, I immediately rematched him and beat him in 4 minutes. Just a fun fight. Master Xehanort fight doesn't get a lot of credit, the, yeah. the data one, but it's really good. It is, it is. It's really good. Like, it kind of gets overshadowed by Yozora, because it's, like, the one you do right before it. Right. Right. I Escape says, Question of the Week! This is a massive toughie. I think I'll have to go to the secret boss route and give a story-related boss. I'm cheating, forgive me. Kurt Ziza is my all-time favorite secret boss. The first time you run into him, he wakes up and chooses violence, spitting out of the desert like the biggest Beyblade ever. Yeah. Pillars bursting out of the ground as the arena borders in the middle of the desert. The gimmicks he has add some originality. Originality. Everything about this boss is so fun and different to me, and I also look forward to fighting him. I really wish there was a story to him, or we got a revamped version of him too. Delicious. I just remember, like, with Kurziza, like, running into him for the first time, and I'm a kid. Right. And I'm like, I'm just a kid. <laughs> I'm like, just a kid. I'm like, I'm just a kid. My life I'm not... is a nightmare. I look like looking around like, can someone help me with this fucking ball? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared. Yeah, he's terrified. My favorite ever story-related boss fight would have to go to the KHU Zen this final boss stages from slicing the skyscrapers to a zebra print pimp suit. It's all so good. It just has such a powerful force behind it. From fighting Riku in one to him fighting by your side in two with Zen that's all like, Sora. Are you certain you can trust Riku? And it's all, like, low blow. Part of me wishes we had dialogue of Sora there where he's like, Of course I would trust my best friend! Or something like that. Or, shut up! That Power Ranger <laughs> Zoid-looking dragon is just too delicious. Honorable mention, and some secret darkness from Cage 1. Darkness conquers all worlds! Thank you, Icegate. Yeah, that is something that, like, is kind of still missing from the game. Because, like... The people still make like noises for their moves, so I guess maybe it would kind of make it so there's like too much talking, maybe because it, like there's so many like quotes for finishers and magic, and then also like Donald and Goofy's moves in magic. It'd be a lot. Yeah, it'd be a lot. I think maybe for like specific fights, like specific story fights. You don't have that, so then you can have, like... Right. In a perfect world, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I think that would be cool in a, in a future game. I really don't like what that guy said. The Philly Gamer says, I'll be quick, but I have two favorites. My nostalgia favorite is KH2 Axel vs. Roxas. I used to always have a save file made right before that fight so I could turn on my PS2 oh, and just yeah, go dude. beat up Axel with Oblivion and Oathkeeper. Yeah. Real favorite, KH2 Sephiroth. Love the 1v1 style. And for as hard as he was at the time, it was the first video game boss I put effort into knowing. Battle... Battle... No, oh, battle cries, moves, and reactions, etc. I still enjoy pulling that fight up on either the remakes or even just the PS2. Honorable mention, Final Master Xehanort fight in KH3. I love this fight. I enjoy the stages, the music, the style. It's just so much fun. Until you're forced into rage form, that bit still just takes me out of it. It was so close to perfect, IMO. You skipped the DM, forehead. <laughs> you skipped the DM. Yeah. I did not do that in my speedrun last night. Mm. I, didn't, I ran out of ethers. Because mm. I fucked up the 13 vessels. Yeah, yeah. Guys, I literally said, I had just gotten raided by Nightfall Streams, okay? Well, like 10 people. And there's already like 20 people watching, okay? 
and there's this trick that I get pretty much every time. Even if it like hiccups a little bit, I still get them within 10 seconds dead. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically use Aeroga on like the, two of them, three of them. Well, you use a combo and yeah. then use the the Aerosa you get. Yeah. The triangle. Because you and get it really fast. Because basically they all take their own individual damage. And if you go to the left, there'll be like all 13 of them right there. And you yeah. can ba 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 and then they just die within seconds. And I was like, okay, guys, I was feeling down because my, my, th- my two and a half men fight wasn't good. And I was behind, and I was like, do you guys want to see a magic trick? I'm going to make the 13 vessels disappear. And then I fucked up the trick and fought them for probably two minutes, and they almost DM'd on me. Yeah. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> I'm such a jackass. I still PB'd, though, so yeah. whatever. Uh, Meteor Phoenix says, KH1 Sephiroth. I've never been so much of a hardcore gamer, or I've never been much of a hardcore gamer in terms of game difficulty. I like baby easy modes most of the time. KH1 has been the only game I've mastered back when it came out. I remember learning all Sephiroth's patterns, phases, and attacks. And by the end, I would beat him trivially in what whatever proud mode was called back then. I remember being so proud of that since I'm a guy that couldn't even beat games like Super Mario 64. I will never be as good at anything as I was at kicking the shit out of Sephiroth. <laughs> oh my god. Meteor Phoenix, I love you. <laughs> Mr. Trumpeter 7-Eleven says, Lingering will for me. Boo. <laughs> I fought that man, that legend, that absolute god more times than I can remember, especially on level one crit. Not to shoot my own horn, but toot toot. Anyway, <laughs> Lingering Will is actually a very well-made fight. It's a fight that can test your cage skills, and you can get punished pretty easily if you don't know what's going on, and I'm a masochist in video games. You I'm, are. I'm booing you. I'm booing you, Matt. You are. Lingering you Will. are a masochist. Lingering Will is terrible. Uh, Max the Man 10 says, My favorite boss is Terra Xehanort in BBS, the one in the Keyblade Graveyard. The idea that Terra was so full of rage that he couldn't just give up his entire body without one final fight against Xehanort to try and get his body back. The line Xehanort says before the battle makes me feel chills when I hear it. Your body submits, your heart succumbs, so why does your mind resist? That probably is supposed to be Terranort's voice, not Xehanort's voice, but whatever. With Rage Awakened being my favorite song from BBS Sleep, Making this an absolute banger of a battle. Yozora's second. There's a whole lot of mystery around it, which there still is. Thank you, Max the Man. Thank you, everybody, for answering this question of the week. Jason, what is your favorite boss in Kingdom Hearts? <sighs> it's probably just, like, the, the like, five Xemnas fights in a row. And honestly, I really love the fucking dragon fight. That's something that I've always, like, especially... As a kid, I was like, this is so fucking badass. Like, I'm just on this fucking speeder type thing. Shooting lasers and deflecting lasers and then, like, hitting Heartless into it. And the music. And just the area as well where it's like this infinite void. And the horizon never changes. It's just it's just it is really ever cool. expansive, and the music is really good. Yeah. It's, it's good as fuck. And just... And then, like, the chair, chair Zemnis death noise. That's really good. Uh, the fact that he has all of the fucking org members' yeah, weapons really cool. for no fucking reason... Yeah. That shit's cool. Uh, I mean, that kind of—it's kind of what happens with Xehanort in three, right? Yeah. Like all those the thirteen vessels—they're all the different organization members with right. their weapons. Yeah. So it's pretty—it's pretty interesting how that happens for both of them. Yeah. It, it, it's just—it's just really good. Every fight feels good. Like, and they're also the only ones that are similar is is when you fight Chirzemnis twice, right? Right. And the first time he's easy as fuck, and then the second time he keeps knocking you away. But that's and then also the like, lasers and the That's what they the did buildings. in like H one too though. It was like it was like like George Lucas says, it's like poetry, it rhymes. <laughs> but yeah, that that that's just like it's so good. And then fighting him, running up the building, and it's a callback to the secret ending of one. And it's just really good. It feels good. There's lots of, of block time like Timing blocks or timing dodge rolls or reflects, and uh, you can just really body him if you if you if you know what you're doing. But at the same time, back in the day, it takes so many. I remember the first time ever beating him on crit, mm-hmm. my first crit playthrough when uh, 1.5 2.5 came out on the PlayStation 4. Yeah, 
and it just felt so good. Like when you're in the dome and you're like, I'm fucking doing it, baby, let's right. go. And you're just mashing X and triangle to save your life. And then you finally, you finally get the, the, the cut scene where you shoot him with the fucking keyblade and just that whole ending still when we when we do randos that whole ending is just so fucking it good is. it is that like i can't actually choose any other boss yeah it's just too op that the ending of kingdom, i think we sit there and watch it every time part, when we part beat of randos the reason kingdom hearts is, 2 is so fondly remembered is because of that end sequence yeah like kingdom hearts 2 like is a good game but you know, there's people out there that act like it's the greatest thing that's ever existed, and I don't yeah. think that's true. I don't even think it's the best Kingdom Hearts game. But the reason, one of the big reasons is so fondly remembered is the the gauntlet leading up to that where you fight all the org members that are left. Yeah, yeah. And then that that sequence and the ending is just yeah. so cool. It's such a cool... The, the world that never was is so good. Right. It's such a cool ending to, to a game. Maybe the best ending in a Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah. I, I think that's not even... Kingdom Hearts 3 is up there, but I think yeah. Kingdom Hearts 2, when you consider everything together, is just so cool. The, yeah. The ending of it. Yeah. My favorite boss is probably KH2 Sephiroth. Yeah, it's really good. Because it's just really good, and it's like... Like, every one of his things he do, he does, you can do something to beat it in multiple ways. Yeah. But yeah. it's... But it's you, just finding out what you want to do. But it's not easy. Like, none of it's no, like... Yeah. It's not like, okay, you cheese this. Like, it's... He he has good patterns. He mixes it up well. Um, he punishes bad he habits. He punishes bad habits. And like I, I had to, we did a randomizer recently, and I had to try and fight him with reflect because I didn't have block. Mm. And that was a lot of fun actually. And I learned some new things about it while doing it because I normally, yeah. I normally just block because why else would I do anything else? Right, right. So like, there's there's a lot of different ways you can fight him, and there there's a lot of viable ways, but it's never too easy. It's never like a gimme, right? Yeah. And I just really enjoy that kind of boss fight design. I've never really fought Yozora, except for a couple times, like, just when you had to go to the bathroom or whatever, and you were fighting him that one day. Yeah. So I'm excited. I mean, we, we still have to get back to the... I had to beat all the cage-free data fights still. Yeah. But um, I'm excited to try that one out, because I think, I think that's the kind of fight that I get real into. And it's like, yeah, okay, I know. Like, right, right. Once I learn all the strats, I'm like, okay, 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 okay. Yeah. Where, like, something like... I don't know. Like I, I didn't enjoy Terranort very much in that because I just felt like he was. <laughs> I'm sure there were openings I didn't know about. Yeah. But like it would just kind of seem like okay, he only does like four moves, and and especially when he gets like mad mode. Yeah. He really, yeah. and it, it just he spams like, a lot. He just spams the same moves. Like Ansem, Ansem, Secret Darkness in like the dome thing in Destiny Islands and KH One is the same way. He yeah. just kind of spams the same four things, and then and eventually only, like, he spams the same two things. Yeah. And it's like, okay, like I get it, you know. And if you're not doing a lot of damage to him, it takes a long ass time. So. Yeah. But yeah, I I would say uh, I would say KH Two Sephiroth's my favorite. All right, everybody, thank you for answering this week's question of the week. Next week's question of the week, in honor of um, the announcement that Kingdom Hearts Union Cross Dark Road and Kingdom Hearts Union Cross are going to be ending, I want to know uh, if you have any good memories or favorite memories of either of those two games. What are your what are your what's your favorite Union Cross memory in honor of the passing or Dark Road? But I'm guessing most people will have Union Cross. But you're allowed to answer Dark Road if you want. Jason, Jason's eyes just glazed over trying to think of a memory of Union Cross or Dark Road that he liked and he couldn't find it. <laughs> he was in a station no, of dude, I found it. I fighting Ephemer. Next week, we're going to have a special guest. We are going to be joined. What? The first ever returning guest what? to the Answer Report podcast. We are going to be joined by our good friend Tatsu next week. Tatsu Maki. We're going to talk randomizers. We're going to talk. We're probably going to talk this Union Cross stuff, even though he's never played Union Cross, but we're going to yeah. talk a little bit about it with him. We're going to talk stocks. We're going to talk. <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk GameStop and AMC <laughs> uh, and Dogecoin. Just kidding. No, we won't. But we're going to talk about a lot of Kingdom Hearts stuff with them and just stuff in general, shoot the shit. Last time we talked to them, it was like two and a half hours. So yeah. expect something similar. Thank you, everybody, so much for uh, hanging out with us. We will see you next week. Jason, hit him with it.
May your heart be your guiding key. Thank you. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>